Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as a part of the Armchair Media Network. It's finally here, the Summer Scouting Series. Nobody's been waiting for, but we do it every year. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the mastermind behind our social media launch, Go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 7, like the number, Rounds in Heaven. That's at 7 Rounds in Heaven. And with me, as always, is AJ, the Insta-influencer, Marchese. I'm uh, I'm getting all the likes, Ralph. Yeah, catch AJ on IG Live every Tuesday afternoon. Today, we're kicking off the Summer Scouting Series with non-FBS prospects, but I promise you, it's a good group. So let's hit it. Seven. 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 seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving up to Cleveland, maybe. Looking for a Lawrence or Sewell. Don't draft specialists on the first day. Don't draft specialists on the second day. Maybe draft a punter in the six. We'll see. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. There is no shortage of action going on with our partners over at BetOnline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. Fingers crossed that happens. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and BetOnline is the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Stay tuned for for Rob to drop his Spanish Premier League and EPL picks every week on uh, the new social media feeds. (laughs) Yeah, they'll be done through IG Live. We're really going to take advantage of IG Live. Yeah, a little soccer talk with Rob. And quickly to get uh, a little more serious, uh, following the senseless murders of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and countless other black community members at the hands of police officers, we want to ensure we do what we can to make a tangible impact on these communities as we grow. Armchair Media will be issuing four or $500 scholarships per semester to aspiring black creatives. If you've ever been dismissed as having an unrealistic career path, if you've ever butted heads with parents or teachers because they don't recognize exactly what you want to do with your own life, 
If you have feared to express yourself or put your work into the world due to potential backlash, we strongly encourage you to apply. We recognize that there are creatives out there who may have bypassed college to pursue other avenues, who didn't get into college because their passions didn't translate to collegiate testing, or who did not have access to financial means to pay for college. This is why there are only three requirements for eligibility. Be a black creative, be under the age of 21, and submit a project, whether it be graphic design, photography, video, audio, journalism, anything creative, to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. That's scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. And please do. Please do. Because not everybody gets that chance. Like, AJ and I have been privileged to get. So, if you fit those, please apply. Alright, on to the Summer Scouting Series. Last year, we didn't do a non-FBS show. But this year, I mean, we would have done it alone for one prospect, I think. (laughs) Yeah. But then, Uh, in general, it's a pretty good group. This is going to be a good show, Rob. I guarantee it. Please don't. That puts a lot of pressure on me. Lots of pressure. Let's 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 fucking ramp up the stakes for once on this program, okay? We get we get an Instagram and then AJ's going wild. Hey, we got an Instagram, we got a Twitter, we got an interview, Rob. Can you um, now that we're uh, we're gonna really jump into IG Live? Can you each Saturday of the college football season uh, travel to a different stadium? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm already planning. Okay, it. cool. I've been talking to the government. They're opening the borders for me. Just uh, like the NHL players. Just, just uh, put it on. Put it on uh, the Amex. Yeah, the company mm-hmm. card. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Uh, anyway, yeah. So this is predominantly FCS guys. Some D two and some D three. Um, let me say this: North Dakota State is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, how many? We do get North Dakota State week one against Oregon, which is honestly a, a blessing, is it not? I hope that happens so badly. Like, how? That is the, it's perfection that that ended up happening. Um, I know. But if North Dakota State was in the FBS, like, they're better than some Power 5 programs. First of all, I think they should be in the FBS. I felt like that for a long time. Well, they could. They it's could like, be. I guess, it's like a choice thing at this point. Yeah, no, it is uh, exactly. I think it's like they're choosing just to be the most dominant program in history, probably right at any level. They, they. Um, uh, I was um, reading an article on the Athletic. I can't. It might have been by Matt Fortuna, um, and it, it, it was like kind of. It was talking about when Idaho dropped from the FBS to the FCS, mm-hmm. and like the money implications and things. And, and they were looking at how much money um, top FCS programs get. And, like, North Dakota State makes so much more money than every other FCS program. I hope, uh, like, one day we get to see them make the jump. I mean, where would they jump to? What they, like, they don't really benefit anything from jumping up, though. Right? Like, they're, they're making so much money at the FCS level. They're winning the Natty almost every year. They're producing NFL talent. Yeah. Um, and then if they jump up, first of all, where are they going? I don't. I've, I've like, I've always thought about that. Like, I guess the Mountain West. Like, I don't even know. But like, they're so they're still so far from a lot of those a lot of those Mountain West. Like, they're closer to the Big Ten. 
but obviously that's not that's... a jump you can... Oh, I mean, Rutgers is in the Big Ten, so who, who knows? <laughs> if they play week one, North Dakota State is beating Rutgers, right? Hey, Greg Shannon's been recruiting really well, but... He... They've got a lot of transfers, too, which is which could be kind I, of... I fun, honestly but... think Greg Shannon's going to get Rutgers going the right way, but yes, this year, North Dakota State would beat them. I don't know. See, like, I, you're right, they probably shouldn't do it, but for selfish reasons, I've always wanted them to. Them, I, I think James Madison was the second most money and in, in, in the FCS. Jamie's talked about it, too, right, haven't they, if I remember correctly? I don't know, you're more pro- probably more plugged into that than I am, but... I don't know. Um, uh, they should, yeah. But but like it was, they made the second most in the FCS, and it was still significantly less than North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. See, it's there's always some like it's always surprising when a team makes the jump. Like, well, because like it's Charlotte random. Did, a lot of the yeah, time, it has so nothing random. to do with them dominating their level of competition. Like, yeah, like you no. said, Charlotte, Coastal Carolina, Liberty. They weren't the best teams in their conference. Yeah, yeah no, they're they're making that jump. It, it has a lot to do with the athletic directors, uh, mm-hmm. like vision. Like that's why Idaho yeah. dropped down, and their their athletic director, who's no longer their athletic director, was interviewed for this article, and he's basically like, because <laughs> they were looking at what the difference would be like if Eastern Michigan, for example, did it, and it made no sense. Yeah. It makes no sense if you're already in the FBS to drop to the FCS, and the Idaho guy was like kind of like trying to defend his decision, but it like still didn't really make much sense. It's like such an interesting part of college football that just doesn't get enough attention. The FCS FBS jumps, yeah, uh, I, like that's always fascinated me. And uh, well, yeah, well, I mean, part of part of it why I think it's the best was because in the old NCAA games, every year you get that like <laughs> when South Alabama made the jump, and you'd be like, oh, now I can start as the OC at South Alabama, and work my way yeah. up. I'm not gonna lie, like yeah. that's why I, I remember one year like five teams made the jump. I th- it was yeah. like South Alabama, Charlotte, I don't know who else, Liberty, Liberty yeah, like a couple there. of them. And it was like the best year of, of NCAA. <laughs> that's what that's what gets Anyways. me up in the morning. No, I love it too. Let's let's talk about these quarterbacks. Like this is a really, really, really fun group, like top to bottom of the quarterbacks that we got to watch this week. Um. Yeah. Do you want to get Lance out of the way? Yeah. Or do you no. no, no let's do last? him first, just because he's he's the best prospect in the entire show. So we might as well start. Uh, there. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. I mean, okay. F- first off. His rise, like, I, I get comparing, obviously, what him being a potential first-round pick to when Carson Wentz was, but it's such a different path because he's only a redshirt sophomore. Carson Wentz was a redshirt yeah. senior. Carson Wentz was coming off an injury. Carson Wentz didn't make that huge leap to being a top-five guy until the senior bowl. Like, he, yep, exactly. he, he was more like, like, do you remember the Joe Flacco year where, like, Flacco ended up going, what, 18th out of Delaware? Yeah, he, he, I think Wentz was more in that range or the Jimmy G range where it's like he could go at the back end of the first round, early second. But then he had, he had a dominant senior bowl ends up going uh, second. Versus Trey Lance coming off one of the probably the greatest freshman quarterback season in FCS history. Like, I don't know that for a fact, but I mean. He, he threw zero picks. Like Has that ever been done he, before? He I ran don't... for 1,000 yards, th- threw zero picks, won the natty. It's hard to it's hard to argue against that that statement even without any uh, any true background. <laughs> um, so it, it it's very different, and it was like it's almost as soon as the twenty twenty draft concluded, people started the, the the murmurs about Trey Lance started happening. People started diving into the film. 
And then, like, it, it, he's legit. He's, I mean, I think he's straight in that conversation with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Like, that's the, I think that's clearly the top three quarterbacks and the, going into the college football season for the 2021 draft. And uh, I, I don't, like, I don't think that's a stretch to say. And I know at first people are like, well, he's only a redshirt sophomore. There's no way he's coming out. I think that if even if he has the exact same season, which, I mean, is a dominant season, like, even if he doesn't get even better, it, it he still looks like a first-round quarterback. I, I have a first-round grade on him already. I'll say that. Uh, a late first round. I have him above. Pretty much similar to. I have him above Justin Fields. Wow. Holy shit. Okay. Uh, what? So, like, a, do you have, like, a top 15 grade on him already or no? Uh, I, I know you don't throw those numbers out right now, but just ask. He, he is. I don't. I, I mean, like, I don't really have huge grades on anyone. Okay. All right, all right. But I've watched one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight games, eight games of him. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's like, first of all, if he's going to be a top 10, 15 pick, uh, why would he not come out? I think it's almost just like, it's North Dakota State, it, he plays in the FCS, he's only a registered sophomore, people are just assuming he wouldn't come out, um, but I don't think we should do that. I think he's very much... Like I, I don't like I, I don't know now. Obviously, we haven't heard anything. But like, if you were to bet now, would you say he's in the twenty twenty one NFL draft? Yeah, I, I, I just again, I agree with you. I think especially at this point, we're already talking about him as a potential top ten pick. Quarterbacks are automatically pushed up the board after, like excluding Lance from the conversation. After Fields and Lawrence, there's a massive drop off. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not. A lot in terms of senior quarterbacks at this point in yeah. the in the conversation, so I think it, it it would be pretty wild. I know it's if redshirt sophomore is such a bold thing, but he he's that's how good his tape was to me. Like if if if, yeah. if you're really breaking it down, first of all, he's cons- like consistently the best athlete on the field. Very much, and oh, oh, you know what? Even starting from the start, he has an NFL body already. Yeah, no, he he is well built, six three, like two twenty five. Looks like you can put on a few more pounds, and probably doesn't mean need to, but I'm sure you could. Uh, like you said, like <laughs> clearly the best player and athlete on the field. Like, like if you, if you watch an actual championship game, he won that game like with his legs. I think he threw the ball like nine times and carried it for 30, 30 times against JMU's the second best program. Like, so <laughs> just just even for him to be that dominant to win an actual championship game with his legs, uh, and that, I watched that game live and. Uh, like, I, like, Lance kind of came on the radar, like, I don't know, probably October, November, and I remember being excited for him. And I couldn't watch a game live until that game. And he didn't throw much, but he kicked ass with his legs. So, and, and, like, like he's such a hard runner and strong runner and, like, makes so many guys miss. Like, it, it just, he breaks the big run constantly, and it looks so easy for him. Yeah, no, he's, it, it's ridiculous. Like, um, he's the fastest player on the field. He's he much, he yeah. he's he's got all the arm talent you you need. Um, he's twitchy yep. as hell. I mean, if if yep. you're looking for, he also, I mean, not it, it's overrated at this point, but he plays in a in quotation marks a pro style offense. Like he's under center consistently. He mm-hmm. he he has to make those three, five, seven step drops on rhythm throws. He, he's killer on that, I was about to say that my favorite thing is when they go play action deep shot to Christian Watson like he's money it's like it's all, like almost always a big play it's like 
letting him throw those deep shot play action, like you said, and his, I fucking love the way he throws the seam routes. It's like on a goddamn frozen rope, and he throws them so beautifully, and they run it a lot. And it's like, like they have two tight ends who are, okay, they're a good college duo for sure, and he uses them very well on the fucking seams, and they use it a lot. I, I honestly, like, it's going to be interesting because, like, he only threw for 2,700 yards last year, right? 20 touchdowns, no picks. I hope they open the offense up a little more for him, but, like, why they, when they can just dominate I love season. when they go QB power with him he is that's uh, it's maybe not a positive but he's always looking to truck safeties yeah I know <laughs> he um, um if you're if you're idea. looking for things to improve on which considering he's coming off his retro freshman year there should like most quarterbacks would have a lot more than he has um mm-hmm. I think there there are times like he he had some interception luck like the the zero interceptions, um, you're always gonna have luck if you throw zero yeah. picks. Uh, the, he he needs to be become a better touch thrower. I think sometimes um, on short and intermediate throws, uh, ball mm-hmm. placement isn't terrific. But again, his deep accuracy is so good for such a young quarterback. Um, yeah. and, and mechanically, like everything's pretty solid. Uh, his footwork can get a little messy. I, I think that's his big defeat. Like. Yeah, but it's like like I've seen worse footwork quarterbacks drafted in the first. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, they, so we're, we're picking nits here. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but like, that's crazy to think about. I, I mean, the other thing is we we need to see like I watched eight games and it was all FCS games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oregon. I'm so Oregon's going to be the big test. But even still, let's say he, let's say he's not horrible, but he's not dominant. Josh Allen was horrible when Wyoming played at Power Five programs, yeah. and still ended up going top ten. So, hey, like, you, you could have said FCS programs, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, sorry, FBS yeah. programs. Um, so, I, I think that the, in Oregon's secondary is loaded. Everyone, everyone's back. They, yeah. all, their top five DBs are all back, which consists of at least three NFL picks, including at least one first round pick. Plus, um, uh, a, 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 a pass rush that has multiple NFL guys in it. So, like, that's going to be a huge test. Seeing him go into Autzen Stadium in Oregon week one, like, that, the world's going to be watching him. So, I can't wait for that. Luckily, he has a really good supporting cast around him, which we'll keep talking about through the oh, show. Oh, yeah, big but, time. Like, just, just picking matchups in that first week against Oregon, it's like, you know, you can get the tackles against Thibodeau and. Like there's so many just fun little matchups. Anyways, we'll, we'll we'll get into those guys. Again, I I do think like everything else like checks all the boxes plus, except for the fush, uh, the footwork. And again, he's a redshirt freshman, and it's like if he can clean up like some of his footwork at like his release point, which I find the the most uh, troubling thing. And like when the pocket is a bit muddy, um, it just leads to some stinkers and like a lot of easy completions that he mi- like not easy but like completions he should be hitting that he misses and like. Those are things that you can clean up easy, and it should make him so much better. Yes. No, I agree. I, th- I think he's more accurate right now than Justin Fields is. And more and, and yeah. more consistent mechanically than Justin Fields. And I, I love Justin Fields, mm-hmm. and we'll get to him later down uh, in, in these summer scouting series shows. But I just think he is very much on that same level as the Trevor... Like, if Trevor Lawrence is the, the top of the thing, like, Lance is very much on the same playing field as Justin Fields. Fair enough, yeah. No, makes sense. Uh, okay. Any of these other quarterbacks? There's fun. What? There's fun quarterbacks, Rob. Yeah, any of these other Sorry, quarterbacks uh, get your blood flowing? 
no other draftable grades. No. How about no. you? My second guy is, and honestly, the, the top, uh, the next four guys are pretty close for me. My second guy is Daniel Smith from Villanova. Yeah, he's interesting. Who I like zero expectations of. Uh, first of all, he's a Campbell transfer, which is so weird. Didn't know that. And he's the the all time leading rusher at Campbell, which is even weirder. Uh, <laughs> had a massive year at Nova. He kind of like screams like career backup guy potentially. Yeah, I wrote down my pro comp Chase Daniel when I was watching him. Okay. Exactly, a little, little more mobile, Chase Daniel. Um, <laughs> definitely an accurate passer, which I, which is really fun. Uh, leads his receivers like he's he's composed. I think it's just like he doesn't know how to read coverages very well at this point, and that gets him to trouble. But other than that, I think there's, there's a lot there, and like maybe maybe a backup guy. My QB two Zuri Cooper from Jacksonville State, the Clemson transfer. Mm-hmm. Um. I think he, he's, interesting. he's got the highest uh, ceiling of this group. It was kind of my takeaway because he's got more physical traits than the other guys. He's got enough arm. Yeah, at, at NFL size is 6'3", 225. Yeah, right? very mobile, can, can make things happen in the run game. I, I feel like he's like pretty composed. Like he, the, the game feels pretty slow for him, but there's a lot of first-read quick throws. In yeah, it, it's that you're kind of looking at you want to see him in, improve his footwork which in turn will help with the um, help with the short accuracy. You want to see him uh, make more like going through his progressions, but I mean that's a lot of these quarterbacks yeah. in general. Um, yeah. The why, the ball definitely comes out of his hand really. Nicely. Yeah, and, and there's flashes of intermediate and deep uh, ball placement that kind of get me excited. Uh, I think he's just in terms of because he's got the physical traits. Because a lot of these, there's kind of one of my takes takeaways was a lot of these quarterbacks are just not that. Not to say size is everything and arm strength is everything, but mm-hmm. I think there is maybe a reason they weren't super high recruits at a high school versus him. Like yep. you can tell, like there's a reason Clemson recruited him. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put Not too much sure. into that, but yeah. So that that's a guy who I, I kind of was interested. in. What do you think of Brady Davis, the Memphis transfer to Illinois State? Uh, Brady Davis, my third guy in this group. I, I thought he was really fun. Yeah, he's my third guy as well. Uh, six three two ten. Uh, again, a couple a couple of career, uh, knee injuries already in his Yeah, he's a s- six-year senior. <clears throat> There's, like, lots of flashes, though. Like, throws, like, a really nice, like, touch deep ball. Like, there's a lot of big-time throws from him. Like, again, I, I think, like, the ball kind of comes – he's kind of opposite of Cooper where sometimes the ball just comes out really wobbly and he loses velocity there. But when the spiral is tight, he, he slings that ball. And like you said, uh, like I said, I guess <laughs> – some really deep, some like legit deep ball ability. I, I think he's really interesting. Um, yeah, no, I, I threw down the Kyle Sloter comp. So, <laughs> and he, did he? Who did he play? Northern Arizona. That was, was that, no Colorado, right? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. You know what was interesting in that game? Um, no tape for him, but his wide receiver Ed, Andrew Edgar. This is just something I noticed. He went off against Northern Arizona, like 12, 12 catches, two hundred twenty-eight. Uh, but then the rest of the season, he had like seven catches for ninety-three yards. Uh, he missed some time after that game, but like maybe some guy on the radar for this year, like uh, a okay, big connection for Illinois. Guy who's got like twenty catches, sick. Thanks, AJ. <laughs> he was massive in that game. He looked pretty interesting. Uh, I, I like Akil Glass from Alabama A and M is a lot of fun too. He was, I think he he's another guy who he's got like clearly physically he stands out. I felt yeah. like he was just constantly under pressure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like again, maybe not the best offensive line there. Um, 
But, like, he's really good out of the pocket. And, yeah, he had like, a big arm, too. Like, big arm, made a lot of plays out of the pocket. And, like, it felt like sometimes the scrambling was even uncalled for, but he's probably yeah, he's got kinda, happy feet back he, there. He, he, play, he played pretty wildly, but, yeah, the, the arm and the size stand out, the, the mobility, too. Um, kind of a loopy throwing motion. Mm-hmm, a little I, bit. Yeah. Happy feet for sure. Um, the, the accuracy is a little inconsistent. But he, he's a guy where, again, with these smaller school guys, the physical traits, mm-hmm. when they stand out, that's something to watch because, like, if you don't have those to a certain extent, the NFL is probably not going to come calling. But, yeah, no, I yeah. thought he was like, like, like you said, inconsistent, but, like, the big flash throws were kind of there. Mm-hmm. Anyone? Like some really nice tight window throws. Um. Who else do you want to talk about? Who else we got? Rogan Wells is kind of fun. We just, kind of he's, fast. He's fast. Yeah, he's fun to watch. I, I don't think I don't think there's much there, but uh, he's he's fun to watch because he ran the ball a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, overall, I, I think like obviously Trey Lance, Trey Lance. After that, I, I think Zuri Cooper, uh, Brady Davis, and Daniel Smith. And uh, yeah, and I guess Akil Glass. Like, I think Zuri Cooper actually has a chance to. To potentially get in the draftable range, I, th- I think Zuri Cooper fits the CFL game very well if he doesn't get drafted either. Which you'll probably hear a lot when we do our summer thing, but I think he does. The mobility, the size, uh, the arm, just being able to play in the system, cool, composed. That's CFL, baby. All right, it, any of these running backs move the needle for you? Uh, no draftable guys. I, th- I um, found th- sorry, I found three quite interesting. That gets a pretty good group. Uh, who's, your, who's your top guy? I, I thought Jaquan Hardy. Just okay. he, really good contact balance. That stood out for me. So, okay. Well, for him, he's playing at Tiffin, where our old our old friend of the show, Pig, Pig used to play, oh, yeah. Antonio Pipkin. So, for me, I don't know. Maybe I'm knocking him too much, but like the GLIAC, Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, whatever, it's just such a low level of competition where, like, He's going to look good, so I, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I dinged him too much for the level. He, well, I mean, he was eating against Old Dominion, who's power five. Or, no, or, or it, was, it was Ohio Dominican. Wait, what? Yeah, it wasn't Old Dominion. It was Ohio Dominican. Why did I think it was Old Dominion? I, I'll tell you after the show why you thought it. It's not your fault. Oh, um, was it mislabeled? You can just say yeah. that. I, I don't care <laughs> if, it, if that's... It was mislabeled. Who was it? Ohio Dominican? <laughs> I've never heard of them in my life. Okay, well that changes a lot. No, but still, yeah. I mean, he was he, fun he, though, like lots of fun. Hefty dude, big contact balance, really physical. Got the old Isaiah Crowell comp on there. <laughs> See another guy where I think he what's he let's say like six one two twenty five or something like that. I have him at five nine two twenty five. Okay, sorry five nine. Yeah, uh, I don't. I, he didn't look that. Hefty to me, but anyways, I I, I think um, of this group, I think Elijah Dotson from Sacramento State's the most interesting, mainly because of what he does as a pass catcher. Definitely. So for me, I, I like Jermaine Martin and uh, and him, Elijah Dotson, tied for the top guy. Uh, but yeah, let's let's talk Dotson because he what he caught like seventy, like six, almost seventy balls last yeah, year. Yeah, I think I think seventy. And uh, the game I watched was against Arizona State, and he caught like mm-hmm. ten. Yeah, and you know what? For him too, he's a really, really competent pass blocker. Yeah, like, he's not he's, surprisingly. He's not big. Like he's five eleven, one eighty five, or whatever. But he puts yeah. his body into pass blocking, catches the ball well yeah. to the backfield. He's 
although he's small, he's a really tough inside runner. Like he, he's yeah. he. Like, I think all like he is the guy from this group who maybe he ends up at the East West Shrine Game or or the NFLPA Bowl, and he he's just a guy who I would want in my training camp for the the mm-hmm. things he does on passing downs. See, every year when we do this, it's like I boost some of these uh, satellite backs because I see a role for them. Yeah. Maybe they're maybe they're not the greatest true running back. But especially, like, he, he caught 70 balls, 69 specifically. And, again, surprisingly really good pass protection, which you rarely see. Like, it, it's good eyes, good thro- good form, um, and he, he lays into you. And then, like you said, um, he's really jittery. Like, he makes a lot of guys miss. This was Arizona State. I watched that game, too. Um, I kind of appreciate that he never lets you get a full body shot on him, which is, I feel like, nice little nice touch for a smaller back, too. He just he's jittery, makes a lot of guys miss, and he catches a lot of footballs. And uh, there's always a role for a guy like that. Do you like any of these other running backs? Yeah, I like Jermaine Martin. He, he's he's my top guy. He's a Coastal Carolina transfer. He yeah. I think he plays a lot bigger than he's listed. I agree with that. So he, he had the best yards per carry in the FCS last year. He's he, he, he's a guy who like not to say North Carolina and he gets a lot of a lot of clout and attention, but. That school's going to get more attention than, than Tiffin and Sacramento State. So I think he's kind of the small school guy to watch as a big riser in the process. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like you said, he's let's say like 203, but he's thick build, especially the lower Yeah, big body. contact balance. But but not to the point where like, he can make a guy miss in the open field. I think um, what you want to see is just more involvement in the passing game. Yeah, I think he, seven catches last year. Uh, dropped a pitch, which I didn't appreciate in, in the Celebration Bowl. Uh, but then ended up having a fucking massive game, especially in the Yeah, he can half. rip off um, chunk runs. Yeah, like some really like sudden, quick cuts, little, little nasty juke moves that like, are really are really interesting. Again, like I, I think uh, Dawson has a more defined role, but like like you said, Jermaine Martin has like a chance to be a, a, like a nice low-key riser this mm-hmm, year. For sure, for sure. Runs his ass off, by the way. If, if it is you want to jump over to the receivers? Yeah. I liked all three of the guys we got to watch. Me too. I think all three are going to potentially be, like, legitimately draftable people. I, okay. So, I have a draftable on uh, on the on the, my top two guys, uh, Ture and Watson. Me too. And I have a borderline yeah. draftable on Watson. On Hodge, on Hodge yeah. sorry. Chenga Hodge from Villanova. Hey. Um. <clears throat> Well, Torrey's, like, the best receiver in FCS. Like, He's he's fucking dumb. He's a combination of good size, but just a really good downfield athlete. Creates a, a lot of separation with with his afterburners. Um, yes. And, and a guy who just he seems to know how to work open. I want to see him run a, a fuller route tree. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know sure. if I said he, he plays at Montana, but yeah, he's he's a guy who legitimately just the combination of his his length, his his ability to track the football and, and his deep speed. He he's a guy who I think he he ends up at maybe the Senior Bowl and uh, maybe maybe not just because mm. the receiver class is ridiculous, but maybe the East West Shrine game <laughs> and he just kind of just dominates that just because he's a better so athlete than everybody. Yeah, he's six two. And, like, the first thing you notice is he's a long strider, man. Like, he eats up ground so fast. He, he's speed. Like, and then he's got he's got the suddenness to go with it, too. Like like you said, not a complex route runner, but just wins with the speed and the quicks and 
when you get the ball in his hands, he's dynamic as hell. And, like, uh, you know what else? I appreciate the quarterback is bad. So, like, he had to make a lot of tough adjustment catches, too. So, I like all of that. And I, I, I think, like, you could see him kind of slip, slide into that fifth round range. Yeah, no, I mean, like, look at the the Rhode Island receiver, uh, Isaiah Coulter, last year. I think similar kind of idea there, and I like Torrey more than I like yeah. him at this point. M- me too. Uh, let's flip to Christian Watson from North Dakota State. So, it, it's funny, because Christian Watson, um, kind of also, similar build, but different player, is kind of, like, I think Torrey's more of the, the classic outside deep threat, where Watson's mm-hmm. more of a move player. Um, a guy who who you want to get involved in like jet sweeps, who you want to pop pass to, uh, which which they do sometimes. Yeah, because um, he he's got legit juice and also like so dynamic after the catch. Like was the Illinois State game where he took a screen to the house and made like five guys miss. Like and, and, like he can go deep too though. Like he's got a second gear. You see him get open deep easy, not to the same extent as Toure, but. He's got that gas, too. And another guy that just not a lot of routes. Like, it's a lot of crossing. Like you said, pop passes, jet sweeps, and, like, go routes. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. He, um, it's funny. I thought, because both from watching Trey Lance and watching him, I thought he must have put up monster numbers from North Dakota State mm-hmm. last year. And then it's, like, not to say it's underwhelming, but, it, like, I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but. I, I got it, if you want. It's 34 catches, 732 yards, which is huge per catch, but. Only six touchdowns, so I, I definitely think they got to get the ball into his hands more. Than yeah, that. and he's only a redshirt junior, so it's not like he, he, mm-hmm. he, it's not like he has to come out or anything. But yeah, I think him, him and Trey Lance are going to be the most lethal combo in, a, in the FCS. Yeah, I, again, I, I got a, I could see him like, like as a six round guy, like a late day three guy right now. I could see him being a huge riser if Trey Lance also takes a step this year, though. Like, couldn't yeah, you, couldn't no, you see it, him just dominating, just? For those flash plays when they get them doing the yak stuff, and like there's such a role mm-hmm. for that type of playmaker now in the NFL at, a re- at receiver, like the move slot guy who's not the classic like Julian Edelman yeah. route running slot, but more of a I don't know gadgety deep threat, yeah, like, like a slash like yeah. that, yeah, I know for sure, and uh, yeah, like just get get him the ball more, and um, then Changa Hodge, pretty good too. I, like again, he was so close to being a draftable grade for me. Six foot two hundred, maybe maybe a little more slight. It's kind of funny. Like all three of these guys, really really lean builds and like pretty long, right? Yeah, I know he's only six feet, but still built like that. Um, I, what, what type of role do you see for Hodge? Like in the NFL, like as a yeah, like what receiver position? Yeah, I I think he's a Z. Like I, I think, think he's a pretty yeah, like, a pretty. For that, like for the FCS, I, I thought he was the most consistent route runner of the three. That was mm-hmm, kind of my I favorite agree. thing about him. I think yeah. doesn't do nearly as much yak damage as the other two. Doesn't have the same speed. Yeah, he's the, not. He's, uh, not he's, yeah, he's not the same athlete, but he's yeah more nuanced to his game than the other guys. De- definitely. So, so like, I'm not trying to say he's a higher floor or anything, but he is. Like the other two have much higher ceilings. Um, but yeah, he he's a guy who just he does a lot of little things really well. Uh, you want to see it? I think it. I was yeah. just gonna say you want you want to see him um, kind of make more splashy plays, I guess. Yeah, he had a couple in the JMU game where he, he like just cooked on a double move, and that's where you see like some like the quickness with his feet and and the the ability to get in and out. Of yeah, like he like, he I doesn't thought... have the same explosiveness, but he he's got <laughs> like that short area quickness. 
Yeah, and like you said about the nuance, uh, he, like he, another guy tracks the ball really well. And like I, I liked, he had one deep down the sideline where it was like right at the sideline, the ball from uh, from Smith. That he kind of just like like it's a little little um, smarts to his game where he let the you know corner get outside of him and just keep distance between him and the sideline, and then had the ability to go over the shoulder and track that ball in, which is just you know something you you never want to see a receiver running to the sidelines, right? No, give me, you got to give yourself space. Yes, which I appreciate. Um, okay, do you want to talk about tight ends, or was there anyone worth talking about? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Two North Dakota State you guys. Not, big. We don't have to talk about them if they're not worth talking about. That's why I asked. Yeah, I know. They're 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 big. That's all I got to say. Okay, the offensive tackle group, pretty good group. Absolutely. Uh, how many how many draftables did you come Two. away with? I came away with three, and I, you know what? I, the other North Dakota State tackle, Cordell Volson. He's my second. Tackle. I gave. Oh really? He's okay. A baller. Right. I love him, dude. He. He plays so I think okay. he's a guard. I figured we were both going to like him. I said the same thing. Yeah, definitely. I think if you move him inside the guard, I think it's just a perfect fix. He, he, run, he plays like such an asshole. The, it's ridiculous <laughs> that those... Dylan uh, Radins, is that how you say it? How would you say it? Uh, I'm not sure. Ra- Ra- yeah, I think you're close to Radnus. Radnus, I think that you're... Radins, Dylan Radins and Cordell Wilson. Like, the fact that those are their bookend tackles, I think that that's a better p- tackle pairing than a lot of, power, or a lot of um, FBS programs. Absolutely, and then you, again, you get to see them against Thibodeau and that Oregon front come week one. That, that's so much fun. But yeah, let's talk Volson because uh, I don't like man. He tosses a lot of guys just pure upper body strength. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I, like, I think he's a guard because I, I mean, he, yeah, he doesn't. I, go ahead. He, he's not a terrific athlete. I think his, his feet get messy in in pass protection, and he basically yeah. like he'll win pass protection by just being stronger than everybody um and i i even think like he's his eyes can get him into trouble and pass pro a bit but like he's always looking for someone to block which is sometimes he misses and i again i think all that kind of translates to yeah like, like it takes away a lot of like it covers i, I don't want to say it covers up a lot of the the, the things you worry about with him but it, it would make them less worrisome if he was a guard mm-hmm. yeah I, I totally agree like you move him inside you let him be that run mauler you let him be that sob uh, and it kind of, you know, he can lean on his tackle for pass pro and his center. You know, it's a classic guard. Yeah, he stuff. finishes through the whistle. He, he has really strong hands and, a, like you said, really strong upper body. You want to see him play with a little, little bit better leverage. I think he gets too high, mm-hmm. but it doesn't yeah. necessarily impact him consistently because he's just bigger and stronger than the guys he's blocking. Yeah. Um, speaking of big, I, I gave Drew Hamilton a seventh round grade, too. He is <laughs> weird because he's 6'10". Yeah, six nine, six ten, but like only three fifteen, and maybe at that, like he he definitely obviously has the frame to put on weight, and he probably has to because like he at that size he can get caught by power. I guess because it's leverage. I guess because he's you know he's not the heaviest for his size, so like he's got to add some weight. But like uh, some of the tools are there. Like I think he's sound and solid in pass pro. Like his feet are nice and quiet. Again, you love like his arms look super long, not just for his size. Um, and at the run, it, there's not a lot of power, I guess, because when you're that height, you just that's that's basically but. my biggest worries had to do with how how tall he is and how high he plays, mm-hmm. just because he's that tall. Um, Definitely, like you can get up and under him and, and beat him with leverage. He's gonna struggle in pass protection because of that. Um, he, he just needs to get stronger. Like, I th- like yes. you can go like if if 
you're a pass rusher, your pass rush plan, you're not necessarily going to beat a guy that long with your hands, but if you just get up on, under his chest and you play mm-hmm. with better leverage than him, which when he's 6'10", it's not that not nearly as hard to do. Like I think that's how you defeat him. Um, but he's a good athlete. Like you said, he's really long. I think he I think he, he like he plays with more power than you expect when you look at him. Like just just <laughs> yeah, like, like, he, like like he's 6'10", 315. I don't know if he's 315 like you said. Me, ne- me neither. Yeah. But also he might be just cuz he's so freaking tall. It's true. I, you're right though. Like it's just like he's not going to move people on the run really. But like he's also not getting yeah, like it's not. It's like he he he's like he's a fine like uh, I, I'm not. Too, I'm more worried about his pass protection than his run blocking. See, I, I think all the I, I get your concern because the speed to power and just the regular bull rushes are going to get him. But if you add that weight, I think that covers a lot of it. And I just like the the his he's like he feels pretty technically sound in pass. You get that? Did you get so that Al Villanueva comp on him? <laughs> it's the only comp you can have. Uh, <laughs> A year from now, or come the draft, it'll be Jonathan Ogden. Baby. I'm hoping that we get, I think, all four of these tackles at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, it's a good, it's a really good crop of uh, of tackles. Here. Yeah, and like, uh, there's going to be the uh, the big, like, Alex Leatherwood, senior, Liam Eikenberg's a senior, but like, mm-hmm. Alec Jackson, I think, is finally a senior. There, it's a it's a, it's an interesting senior group of tackles this year, but I would love like I mean I think we're getting Radens no matter what, but it'd be like I'd like to see Hillman Himmelman there. Yeah, I mean no, I totally agree. Uh, did you like Spencer? Brown? Like he, he, I, I felt like he he was interesting. He's better than a lot, a lot of tackles. He's also massive too, six eight three twenty one. My takeaway was he's a yeah. guard though. Yeah, and that it's it's always tough at guard to, to be at that height though. Yeah, but I just don't think he's the athlete, and he doesn't have the footwork to to. I fully agree. hold up in pass protection, uh, and, and like he, he another guy. Yeah, I was just gonna say like I think he's a, a camp guard. Yeah, no, fair enough. I, again, you're gonna be interested because of that size, but. Um, I just don't know if the tools are there. I agree. I don't have a draftable. Okay, so Rodens is he your number one guy? He is. He's uh, really I'm good. Pretty lofty grade on him. He is good. It's like, I think he's like he's quietly good in pass, and then he's like excitingly good in. He just he seems like a really good athlete. He does. Like he's always firing off the football. He moves so um, well when they ask him when they ask him to to either work up to the second level pull. Um, just just get out in space. He just moves really well, and he's a big time finisher. That's another thing. I, I thought all these guys, like none of them, were lacking in that department necessarily. Yeah, like he's getting to the second level consistently and effectively, and he's he looks like he's a really intelligent football player. Like really good eyes, uh, plays his ass off. He's always finding someone to block. Um, and then when he when he's on you, he he's, he blocks really well in space. He finds someone, he drives you. Like I think he can get a little stronger in pass protection, yeah, yeah. maybe because again he's under three hundred pounds at two ninety eight right now, six foot five. But again, when when someone I know was a mauler in the run, I'm not too worried about their pass strength. I feel like they figure that out, you know. Yeah, I, I think especially just this year, if he can clean up some his feet, play with a little bit better leverage, uh, and a stronger mm-hmm. anchor, like yeah uh, he like he is i think gonna be one of the 10 best tackles in this class i know it's insanely early but what what did you slap a round grade on him early 
it's so early. Let's see. I've got. He, I, I do it just in for the fun. fourth, like, who cares? fourth round. Change range. Hey, me too. There you go. I give him like a fourth, fifth round. Great. Yeah, no, and, and like, I mean, at this point in the process, that's that's, that's a, a big, big grade. Win. Especially for an FCS yeah. guy, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, uh, our one interior offensive lineman, um, Hint, I, I talked to him later in the show, uh, from Wisconsin <laughs> Whitewater, uh, Quinn Miners, which is D3. We had a, a Division three offensive lineman taken in this past draft with Ben Barch from St. John's. Um, what would you think? Uh, Quinn Miners is my highest rated lineman. Me too. I have a third round grade on him right now. Maybe this I is biased too. because oh holy shit! Okay, we're both biased because he's on no. The show. In my defense, I had the grade on him before I knew I was going to get to talk to him. <laughs> he okay. First of all, it's kind of cool that he got to play Ben Barch's school. That, that's the one. That's like the tape we got. I, I, I like that little nice connection. Six three three twenty three. He is built so thick, so wide. He's strong. He's like he's got a big time anchor. Like it's like he's not getting moved an inch in pass pro off the line there. His hand, and like these are like you watch the first snap, and he stands out, which you always want to see from from a lower level guy, and I, I felt like that the most. And I know some of the other guys are playing FCS, but I looked at St. John's roster, and like he had they had like two guys pushing three hundred against him, three hundred pounds, sorry, uh, and he bullied both of them. Yeah, so I, I, it, it, it's not like it was like two two twenty guys that he's shoving around like nothing. It was like yeah, it was like I, uh, it just comes back to when you watch a guy at that level. And you look back yeah. at the past years of guys at lower levels that um, playing on the offensive line, like Ali Marpet, like um, Alex Kappa. Kappa. Those two really stand out to me because they were pancaking so many people. And that's <laughs> yeah. kind of my initial takeaway was. Well, my first takeaway was this guy's re- like he, he's six three three twenty three. Like he's really well built, and they ask him to pull a lot, and he does it really cleanly. Yeah. So that was my first yeah, takeaway. He- and then he's just consistently working to the second level and flattening linebackers. Yeah, I know. It's it's so much fun. But you know what? It's not even that he, like, pulls well and, like, you can tell he's, like, a solid athlete. It's like he always, like, ends up the one through the pile and he's just bulldozing someone. He's really fun to watch. Um, plays his goddamn ass off. Like, there's one uh, there's one play where, like, they hit a, they hit a 20-yard completion and there's a bit of, like, you know, the, the, the running back trying to stay up, uh, the receiver trying to stay up. And he runs downfield, pushes the pile. Like, he, he is, like so fun to watch and I think like he's already so technically sound yeah no there's he he's the exact type of dude you want at left guard who's just a tone setter in the run game mm-hmm. and, and attacks pass protection in a really physical way it's not passive for him um, really strong hand strong anchor um, if you're looking for things I, I want to see first of all I hope he, he hope he gets to the senior bowl because I'd love to see him against um, a higher level competition and then from there, I want I want to see how he tests at the combine, um, because I think for his size, he, he just moves so well. He's mm-hmm. um, things things to work on though. You'd like to see him some cleaner feet and pass protection. Yeah, it's, it, sometimes he gets a little narrow, um, but like it doesn't happen too often. Like again, he, he's, he's he's the best player on the field consistently. Like absolutely. Like I think he's going to be um, considered better than Ben Barch. As a prospect, when I, I that think, comes like, around, I do too, and I, I think like like at this point, he's more advanced than Alex Kappel is too. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, bef- and again, Kappel was sick. But before we jump to the defense, let me remind you: head to BetOnline.ag where you can start betting on all the live sports that are slowly returning. I'm watching the RBC Heritage right now. 
it's great everyone's really good at golf because i think this course might be really easy i don't know this this ryan palmer guy's 17 under which seems like a lot is there anyone in the in the minus 20s yet they're putting up huge scores though. yeah yeah there's like um a couple like if if, if if you're 15 under you're in 50th at this thing rbc heritage the, the real major so head to betonline.ag and uh gamble on this but it's over <laughs> now so who won? shouldn't miss that opportunity next time brooks kepka crazy comeback Ah, uh, finally. That's good. He, he struggled to start the year. Bet on Brooks the rest of the year. Hell yeah. Okay, defensively. Um, a lot less guys to, uh, that we we had access to watching. So instead of going position by yeah. position, who stood out most to you? Is there anyone here that you came away thinking, like, this guy's a draftable type player? I got one draftable grade and then one guy that's really interesting, oh, but not draftable. Okay. So let's start with the draftable. He's at the back end of that JMU yeah. defense. Go yeah, dudes. he stood it. D'Angelo, D'Angelo Amos, not not a lot to watch, but like he, he flashes a lot. I also, <laughs> first of all, biased because they play him single high. Exactly. That I mean, I, it's a bias for me too, and he does it so well. If you don't love single high safeties, like I don't know what's up with you. But yeah, I, th- I think the, first of all they're playing Villanova too. So I mean, we've already talked about the Villanova quarterback and receiver. Yeah, who are relevant enough to, I think, end up potentially in. But, but I mean, Hodge could get drafted. Daniel Smith, at least, potentially a um, camp, good guy. camp guy. And right off the bat, Amos is playing single high, showing off huge range and coverage instincts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he had two hitting his. Ass. Yeah, I think he had two pass breakups just by um, reading the QB. And, yeah. and just lighting up a receiver, he he, he comes <laughs> yeah. down at one point, and makes a huge tackle in the wrong game. Uh, he he just moves really cleanly. I think fluid hips. Mm-hmm. Um, just at this point, you just want to see more of him. He's also one of the best punt returners in the country, which I mean, that's another huge boost. Yeah. Uh, t- what 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 do you think he needs to improve on uh, this year? I don't know. Like it's it's. Probably man, yes, but it's, yes. again, we, we just don't get to yes, see him a lot in true. it. I think his feet get a little kind of. I think a, a part of it, I think he's just not like super used to playing down and, and manning up with tight ends or, or slots or anything because mm-hmm. he's playing so much single high, so his feet get a little sloppy. Um, like like back. Yeah, 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 and, and like false <laughs> steps. Uh, so you'd like to see the feet clean up, which I think <clears throat> cleaning up his feet would equal cleaning up his ability in man coverage, and just you want to see more of him in general. J- I, and well, we uh, will, because yeah, JMU's the second-best program in the, in the FCS, probably. Exactly. Um, you mentioned the punt return yards uh, inability. Also, five career defensive touchdowns. It just You always appreciate a guy that's just getting to the football and fucking housing it, too. Yeah, and he's not the biggest safety in the world, but like he plays physical, which makes up for it a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, you, I, I like you worry about that a little bit. But, yeah, no, he's, a, he's just like... I got excited watching him. I got really excited watching him. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's like a like a, I give him a day three. Game. Yeah, no, I, I think certainly in that range. Who you said you have one guy uh, not draftable or anything, but a guy who interested you, Ellerson Smith, okay. the edge from Northern Iowa. Yeah, well, I mean, first who's, of all, he stands out because he's physically big. He's six six two forty five. I, I don't know if he's that heavy, but fuck, he's long, um, and like. Like he's a really good athlete, like you see like the short area quickness, like to close and make tackles. The length helps in that too. 
He's got a hell of a motor. Um, you, you watch him against who Iowa State and North Dakota State. So two, I mean Iowa State, no draftable, but like you know, uh, <laughs> Big Twelve program and North Dakota State's tackles, and they they kind of got the better of him at points. But just see Wait, him Iowa State work has his ass. No draftables? What? I meant last. Like no one, no one got drafted oh, okay. last year. On the off. Yeah, but their left Anyways. tackle, I forget his name, but he had hyphenated last name, and I liked him. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. Jones. I remember. I don't remember his fucking name, but I, I Good Jones talking about him. Jones good. Was yeah, it? Something like that. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know why I interrupted you for that. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Uh, but then, you know, like, like so you see the size, the athleticism, but, like, it's a really rudimentary p- pass rush repertoire. Like, if he gets caught at the start, he's kind of done. He, he ends up on the ground a lot. Um, struggle setting the edge. It's just, like, uh, probably needs to get bigger and keep the athleticism. But at that at that size with that... And they also, they kind of played him like five tech, kind of weird sometimes. The Illinois that State size, the, with Romeo McKnight, who's also I think six six two fifty, and, and had yeah. twelve sacks for Illinois State last year. They play him at five tech, and I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just some weird schemes. He's he was an Iowa transfer too, right? So that's he's interesting mm-hmm, a bit mm-hmm. too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But like at that size of the athleticism, he's always going to be on the radar this mm-hmm. year. Uh, jumping back to the JMU defense, their defensive tackle Mike Green. I thought he's a little interesting, undersized three tech guy, with mm-hmm. with plays with pretty good leverage and quickness. He's a guy like I'm not like super high on him or anything, but I think he's a guy to watch, especially on a good JMU defense. De- definitely, like just like his his ability to move is impressive, and then like he does a good job like knifing between yeah, tackles. Yeah. I. Just, just yeah, a guy, I think uh, a guy to keep on the radar. Fair enough. Um, uh, Idaho linebacker Christian Ellis, his brother is on the Saints. Remember him, Caden Ellis? Yeah. I think he's just more of an he, – he, he misses too many tackles, but he's freaking mm-hmm. aggressive. So I think that's just a guy to watch, special teams linebacker upside. You know I'm always looking for that. Uh, <laughs> How about the at the corner? I position? was going to say Josh Hayes from North Dakota State is just extremely physical. Yeah, he's fun to watch. Again, not not a draftable grade for me. Like, but like don't do you, do you see him more as like if you kick him inside the nickel where he can get a little more yeah. out of that physicality? Yeah, he he's a little too sketchy in coverage right now. Like I think yeah, he, and it, he just I don't think he's the the best no. athlete. Like he's fine. He's just not that fluid. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the word for it. Robert Robert Rochelle is apparently a. It, like I, I thought the tape wasn't like it, he just didn't pop no. that much, but apparently he's on the radar pretty big, and he's six one, and he he's like he's a legit track athlete. I think he like oh threw really it okay in Louisiana, and you do see some of the speed, mm-hmm. and he's long and lean and leggy. It's just uh throwing the Hawaii game. He didn't pop out that much, but five picks last year, four picks the year before, and, and I think the big issue is when like you're not getting tested in coverage. Just like this is my personal bias that I'm not I'm not the greatest corner evaluator, so. When he's not, when you don't get to see him too much in coverage, and he's not playing aggressive tackling, it's hard or, to make them pop. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, I, 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 but, I would say I'm also not the greatest corner scout. Mm-hmm. But like the tools are there with him being six one, quick hips, uh, a fluid hip, quick quick feet. Um, gave up a touchdown, but uh, again, um, there's some there's some tools there. I was just wondering. Uh, and I'm last guy here, Zaire Jones, the Youngstown State safety. Vanderbilt yeah. transfer, I think like three star recruit. Yeah, right? so my my kind of my takeaway here is 
he's he's really physical against the run. I, I thought he, yeah. he looked really good against the run. Just comes down, really good instincts as a run defender. Not very good in coverage. But no, not at all. Like he's okay when he's around the line and like at least his eyes are decent, but once he's trying to backpedal, he gets it didn't lost. help that they're playing North Dakota State, but um mm-hmm. other uh, the thing is though, you you see that the aggressiveness, the uh, the physicality and the, and the instincts, and I think that that could translate to special teams. So that's just I don't know. I I always look no, for that in a, in a defensive guy if maybe they have too big a flaw in some way, but they're super physical uh, and consistent tackler. It's best teams. Yeah, no, that that's that's that makes a lot of sense. I got a I got a bit of a funny clip of him that I'll tweet out at some point. Oh jeez, that's called a teaser. It, it just got all this power at, at the fingertips now with the social media. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've, the first time I've ever recorded a play like like Rob just <laughs> pointing at the computer. <laughs> Must have felt good. Okay, um, obviously because we're not covering specific conferences today, instead of doing our conference player of the year picks, we'll just do our best offensive defense prospect. And I'm going to go ahead and guess both of us have Trey Lance and D'Angelo Amos. Uh, I do. And by the way, I checked. I don't think any relation to Adrian Amos. Oh, fuck. Why do you have to say that? I, I just, know. And they're both safety. It would have been so cool. I would have so much preferred not knowing than to know that they aren't related. Okay. Sorry. I had to clear that. All right. Uh, when we do conference shows, we'll pick our conference champs. Let's just pick our FCS champ today. AJ, I'll, I'll phrase it to you this way because this is the way you told me to phrase it. Are you taking North Dakota State or are you taking the field? You can't not take North Dakota State. I, I feel like we tried to talk up JMU a bit on the show today. Like, low-key plug. But, but, but there's just no one on the, like, the offense that's really like popping. It's no, interesting though. They're, they're like they they're legit, consistently a legit defense. Like when you watch Trey yeah. Lance against them in the FCS championship, they made like Trey Lance had to beat them with his legs. Yeah, and not really any big runs either. He like ran thirty times for like a hundred and a bit. He had that one big t- like masks. the one touchdown run on I think it was a draw. But yeah, other than oh, that, right, it was right. like five yards a pop. Just moving chains. Yeah. yeah, like obviously not knocking Lance because that's that's what you got to do. But no, that. The JMU defense has always been really yeah, solid. Yeah, no, it's a good program. Um, how about you, North Dakota State or, or uh, you else? can't not be like it's not, again, it's not even just Lance, it's Christian Watson, it's the the offensive tackles, it's just it's the tight it's ends, just, it's baby. the tight ends. Um, they're just they're ridiculously loaded. Um, what if I was giving you the field, like two, uh, three to one money? No, I like I think you just if. if <laughs> It's crazy to say, but I just think it's a bad bet no matter what it is if you pick against North Dakota State this year. That's fucked. Anyways, I, I got one more question for you. Okay. Right? So, it's always kind of interesting to see who's on the radar at the uh, at the non-FBS level, like at this point of the year. Like like you said, we didn't do a show last year because there just wasn't that many guys cut. Uh, nine guys, non-FBS guys, end up going in 2020. So I want to ask you, and I think we got a good feeling this year, but how many non-FBS guys will get drafted that we didn't watch for this episode? How would I know that? I don't know who they are. Just like, just this is just a goofy number. Just, just to oh, take a like shot. I don't actually have to be like, well, I didn't watch Kate Johnson. No, this is just for fun. Again, nine. Okay, well, nine let me guys count how many guys on this that I did watch that I think will. Let's say one quarterback. I'm going to say one of the running backs gets drafted. 
I'm gonna okay. say it feels like we always. I'm gonna say two of the receivers. So what's that? That's four. I'm gonna say three of the offensive linemen. No, four of the offensive linemen. That's a mm-hmm. lot. Eight. Uh, it is a lot. I'm gonna say two of the different. So I'm gonna say ten guys from what we watched today get drafted. So how many? And how guys many do you, think- you say got drafted last year in total? Nine. Nine, nine, yeah, F- a full non. This is just like obviously just a better year too, though. So it's like, yeah, I'm gonna say, I'll say four, so fourteen total. Okay, that's see. I, I just wanted to say that to illustrate that we both. It both feels like a really good year to both of us. I think just North Dakota State's loaded, and then and there's a couple guys here and there that would normally be like. There's always a couple guys, but. Yeah, it's always interesting to see like like who emerges though. Like like we had no idea about Jeremy Chin last year at this time. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And like I mean we had I think we had more of an idea um about wow, just blanking. Lenoir, Kyle yeah, Duggar? I think we had more of an idea before the season about Kyle Duggar. I don't I wouldn't say this far before the season, but there was uh, no, uh, there was uh, yeah. talk about Kyle Duggar in August yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I, uh, for sure. Versus, yeah, I mean, th- this year is it's a lot of Trey Lance talk and and Rad- yeah. Radins, Radins and and Miners are both getting a lot of hype on on draft Twitter as well, and then like yeah. some of the receivers. It's a fun year. A lot of people like the receivers in the FCS, so it is a fun year. Okay, before we go, uh, as as per tradition, we have to pick our city of the week from the different cities we talked about in today's episode. Who's your city of the week? <laughs> I totally forgot to pick one. Uh, okay, but well, you don't have to. I've got mine locked and loaded. Okay, go go. Ahead. Harrisonburg, Virginia, home of James Madison. It's, it's okay, give me, give me. Do I got to? They, they play. They play at Bridgeforth Stadium. First of all, I'm a big Virginia okay. guy. I don't know. If, I didn't know that. I am. Uh, I think it goes back to like the Vatech days of, like the Vic. Tyrod Taylor, like all those guys coming out of the Virginia, the Newport News area, uh, AI. Mm-hmm. I always loved Allen Iverson. So like they've been producing so much talent, and like that was when Beamer Ball was cool, and like the quarterbacks were always really mobile. Yeah. So I think that's like part of why I like Virginia so much. Um, notable Harrisonburg people: Del Curry, Old Crow Medicine Show. In Ralph Sampson. Okay, his big three. And then, so I went three for the Harrisonburg specific, and then I got you three notable JMU alumni. Okay, ready? This is, I love these three. John DeFilippo. I didn't know that. Okay. Scott Norwood. Sick. And PFT Commenter. Oh, I also didn't know that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so like, if you got... All those people together in a room, like that's gonna be a party. Okay, uh, I, my my city is just the Fargo Dome, one of the greatest places to watch a college football game in the. What country. happened to your stadium but where the, the hotels connect? I know. I I got. I'm gonna save one for the Instagram. I got a really good okay. one to talk. Okay, about. sorry. The, fuck, you're so obsessed. I, with I'm saving it. Yeah. Social media now. <laughs> that's Grand Forks, North Dakota. By the way, what's that? Laris Center. It's a. It's, it looks like a hockey rink where the where the North Dakota plays, and then it's a convention center, and then the Canada ends with a shitty water park attached. It's the best. But anyways, 
Fargo Don't Talk, I quickly opened the Google, and back-to-back, they mentioned some concerts, I don't know why, but these ones are back-to-back on the Wikipedia page. Uh, which one would you rather see, Rob? All right, you yeah. ready? Casey Musgraves oh. opening up for Katy Perry. These are both things that actually happened, by <laughs> the way. Do, first of all, I'm a huge Casey yeah. Musgraves fan. I know, and you get Katy Perry. And, I mean, or, Katy, Katy, when Katy plays the hits, Katy's on. Okay, or Vance Joy opening up for Taylor Swift. I've seen Vance Joy, meh, and I don't oh, okay. not like the biggest Taylor Swift fan. So I think that's easy, Casey Musgraves and uh, Katy Perry for me. All right, fuck. I'm giving you more options. We're doing a whole tournament okay. here, man. This is this is Post this mo- is like my favorite thing ever. First of all, combining music and like not really football. It's nothing to do with football at all. Uh, Post Malone opening up for Justin Bieber. Or, or Katy Perry and Casey Musgraves. I, I kind of like Post Malone, I think. But easily Casey Musgraves and uh, Katy Perry. Okay, the last one, and I know this is the heaviest hitter, so... Um, <laughs> uh, Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown, do you know who they are? No, but that's a good name. It is a good name, I don't know who they are either. Opening up for ACDC. Yeah, I take the bullet to the head. <laughs> Okay, that's that's the Fargo Dome concert history of six years ago for the week. Okay, we'll do it. We'll do more yeah, next. That's a good. That's a good little segment. Yeah, that I pulled out of my. Hey, for first year of uh, university, I had to do a dance to that Tiger song by Katy Perry. So you had to do a dance in university? Yeah, for f- Frost Week, in front of the whole Frost oh, group of people. I thought I thought you took like a, a dance class. Or no, I wish. Okay. I like how you called it the Tiger song. You mean Roar, right? I don't know. Anyway, now enjoy my interview with Wisconsin Whitewater Guard Quinn Miners. Big Katy Perry fan. I'm here with Wisconsin Whitewater All-American Guard Quinn Miners, a.k.a. the best D3 NFL draft prospect in the country. He might not say it, but I'm okay saying it. Uh, how you doing today, Quinn? I'm doing great. You know, it's 8 o'clock, beautiful night. Just hanging out after a long day. Yeah. How's, uh, how, how have you been uh, training with, obviously, a lot going on in the world right now? Have you been able to get to a gym, or what, what have you been up to? Yeah, so when everything, uh, you know, when school went online, I, I believe it was like in March, and everybody was kind of told to go home, and there was quarantine and everything, um, I was able to just kind of work out in my basement. Um, I'm fortunate, fortunate enough to have, you know, a, a full rack. And uh, like a lap pull down the machine, so I pretty much could get anything done. I got a, a decent backyard to do, you know, running and footwork and stunts. And since things uh, started opening up around here, uh, the gym I'm training at is uh, next level in uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin. And they opened up on uh, May 26, and then uh, ever since then I've been I've been working out there four times a week. Well, that's good to hear. I, I mean, I can't imagine having to try and get in shape for the season, and some of these guys have nothing really outside of bands. Yeah, it really, it really was an advantage, and you know, also it's, it's, you know, it, it kind of sucks for a lot of people, you know, to be locked up at home. But for me, it was, it's an environment I thrive in, so I was really kind of able to take advantage of the, of the situation and kind of take the cards that were dealt to me and kind of play them the best I can. So I'm watching your tape for St. John's uh, last, last season's tape against St. John's the other day, and I think you must have had at least five devastating pancake blocks in that game. 
What's going through your head when you climb to the second level and you see a linebacker in your way? Yeah, I, I love I love getting up to the second level because you know, I I think it's important you know to get to that to get to the linebacker. You know, it's sometimes it can be you know extra credit, and I I love trying to go go and get that uh, that extra credit at times. But um, you know, one one thing that I would say from the St. John's game, you know, it kind of gave me a little more of an edge was uh, there was a D three D three football podcast, and they had that, the linebacker from uh, St. John's number forty one on the podcast and. He was talking about how he's lining up on my side, you know, like it was going to be fun or, or some type of good time, you know, to be on the side, lined up with me and, and have a fun game. And I wanted to make sure it wasn't a fun game for him. See, that's the exact type of attitude I love to see in a, in a guard. Yeah, like he was very, he was a very respectful athlete. You know, I want to make sure I say that, but, you know, um, it's, it shouldn't be fun to be on my side of the <laughs> I'm wondering how a guy with your size, power, and athleticism ends up at the D3 level. What was recruiting like at a high school for you? Oh uh, yeah, out of out of high school, um, I was I was kind of told by my coaches that if uh, if somebody wants you, they'll they'll come and find you. You know, and I guess not not very many people found me or or whatever. But um, the recruiting process for me, you know, was it was pretty pretty. I know. Simple. I was uh, in the beginning. I had um, UW Lacrosse reach out to me in the beginning, and oh, okay. I uh, was really inter- you know entertaining that idea because you know they were the only school that really wanted to come play for them. And then after that, St. Cloud State uh, came to town and was talking to me, and I visited there. And then um, kind of at the end, Whitewater, Whitewater came in and, and reached out, and um, it was that was kind of the the final decision for me, I just, I knew what Whitewater was about, the tradition, and uh, I just, I really wanted to be a part of that, and um, along with that, my high school at Hartford Union High School in, in Hartford, Wisconsin, just kind of had a long, long history of ties with, you know, people from Hartford going to Whitewater, and that was kind of a, kind of a dream come true for me, at least, to go to Whitewater. And when did you know football might be something you could, you could take past the college level and potentially do professionally? Um, for me, you know, the the whole possibility of, you know, doing it at a professional level kind of I guess after after the junior year after the, my my junior year of, of of playing, you know, this past season, I for me I never I never really thought of it as an opportunity that would that would happen for me, but I I guess it's here and people are talking about it and it, and it sounds like things are, are going in the right direction for that possibility to happen. For me, I've always just been a been a hard worker, and just you get what you put in, and I guess I guess what I'm getting is a maybe a chance, you know, and that's all I can ask for. You you you're very humble about it. It, it would seem uh, classic Wisconsin guy is kind of the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, I I, I really like being uh, kind of more of a humble person. I guess some people might say maybe I'm a little too much, but I don't. I just think it's good to just. You know, you just can't. You gotta let the actions do the talking, I guess. You you certainly do on the field. Um, what's the be- What like what do you think's the best trait you bring to the field? Like, how would you describe your game? Um. Yeah, my, I would say my game. You know, like many people would say, is you know the first thing they're gonna think of is physical. You know, I, I really enjoy the the physical aspect of um, of the game. 
Um, I, I, in the St. John game, you can see, see, you see me running, I'll run 40 yards on the field, we'll push the pile. My wide <laughs> receiver's up there fighting and scrambling for yards. I'm going to push that pile where you can see more yards. And the, the guys love that. You know, the running backs, you know, they get, let's say they're getting stalemated in a tackle, and then the whole line comes behind them and pushes them another three, four yards. You know, that, when, you do, when you do that over and over again, that really takes a toll, you know, mentally for the defense. So I, I really enjoy, you know, being there for my, for my teammates and, you know, not, not taking a playoff and always trying to run to the ball. And that's kind of a tribute to, you know, watching a lot of uh, Quentin Nelson film. Oh, yeah? Is, is, uh, that brings me to this. Do you model your game after anybody? Yeah, I wouldn't say I, I directly mold my game after somebody. Um, that, was, uh, that was a question I've been asked before. And I would say I wouldn't directly, but I like taking bits and pieces of um, of what other people do and kind of what I'm good at and trying to um, add some tools to the tool belt. But I would definitely say a, a good like a, a good person I've been looking at is Quentin Nelson. And that's one of his skill sets that I've noticed is how he's able to kind of differentiate between when to be physical and when to be a little crafty and mm-hmm. that's kind of uh i think that's the next step for me um going into my senior season is, is a, i've got the physical aspect and i'm good at it now i'm trying to challenge myself and be a little more a little more crafty when it comes you know to climbing up to the linebackers or reaching a, a d lineman and stuff like that and with that in mind what are your goals this season both team-wise and individually yeah, individually, you know, I'm, I'm looking to be um, a first-team all-conference guy again. I'm looking to be um, an All-American at, at uh, any um, any polls again, like the D3 football one. I know uh, they had someone else ahead of me from North Central for their for their All-Americans. That's that's kind of the main thing on my on my list right now is kind of prove as many people wrong as possible, you know. And um, for for a team, I think it's. You know, we, we got to the national championship, and we all know how that ended. So, basically, whatever you did last year, you know, that you thought was good enough and you thought you worked really hard, well, you didn't, and now it's time to, you know, amp it, ramp it up a little bit. And um, I think as a captain and uh, going into my senior year, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, help, help the team get to that, you know, level. And obviously, Wisconsin Whitewater is one of the best D3 programs in the country, and is that kind of once you, as soon as you walk into that building, it's kind of expected that we're competing for a championship every single year? Yeah, I would definitely say, you know, there's that like, I think it's kind of like in the back of your head always like, hey, like we we win here, you know, like there's mm-hmm. always like that, but I would say it's kind of like a pressure. It's a pressure to win, you know, and I think it's, you know, at times it can be a little unhealthy to you know, be like, damn, like we have to win. We have to, you know, but I think um, it's good that it's kind of more in the back. Like we understand that like a lot of people on the outside are like, oh yeah, what are is going to win, you know, but they don't understand the, like the, the grind that we do every day and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I think it's kind of a, a good balance between, you know, we have a lot of fun and, you know, we work really hard. And I think that's the, the main thing is that we, we work so hard to make sure that, you know, we do we do win, you know, in those in those games. And we don't take any game lightly. We take every game seriously. And obviously, uh, I've mentioned a couple times here, you're, you're a D3 offensive lineman. Nothing wrong with that. And there's been a recent trend of a, a, a lot of non-FBS level offensive linemen kind of being late risers 
or risers going into their senior year in the NFL draft process, just to name a couple, Ali Marpet, Brandon Parker, Alex Kappa, Trey Pipkins, and Ben Barch last season. Do, do you take notice of that when, when you're maybe, you know you're one of the best guards in the country despite what level you're at, That if you know what I mean? Do you, do you notice these guys kind of, it doesn't matter what level you're on, the NFL will find you? Yeah, it definitely it definitely seems that way. You know, it was it's definitely different from high school. You know, there's so many high school athletes that are trying to get into college, but it's it's definitely showing. You know that the right guys will will come and, and find find these guys. Know that that can play, and it's the the, the people that are there scouting at all these teams. You know, they they have a, a different understanding of like what it what it takes to be in the NFL. You know, like hey. How well? How well does he bend? How well does he move? Just athletically on the football field, and and, and just stuff like that, you know. And then that's why the like the combine stuff, just like hey, how how good are you as an athlete in general? And then they also take the film in consideration of how well do you play football. So I think, you know, that's kind of a if you can do it, you know, the numbers and like the numbers wise of like how high can you jump, how far can you jump, and how fast are you. But then also you have to kind of understand that, you know, you, I am a D3 athlete and the film has to look a little bit different in order to get that, to get those looks compared to somebody else that's at a Division One level. Yeah, one of, the, one of my favorite ways to maybe scout a guy who's not carrying the same, I don't know, name brand as a, a guy playing at Ohio State, for example, is you throw on the tape, you don't know the number. And it, it takes 10 seconds to figure out who the best guy on the field is. That's how I did it with you. Um, and I think the the tape's kind of what takes you to either maybe it's the East-West Shrine game, maybe it's the Senior Bowl, and then from there to the NFL Combine. I think the way the tape pops, it, it tape over everything, but the, because it gets you to those things where you get to maybe show up blow away the testing or um, show up one-on-ones at the senior bowl, for example, things like that. And and do you keep that in mind? Like, is it a goal for you to maybe make, maybe play in one of these um, postseason senior bowl East West Shrine game things? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a goal of, of mine to get into one of those games. Um, the biggest game of course is the Reese's senior bowl. And that's definitely uh, it's something that I'm looking you know, to try to get into for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Before I let you go, I'm going to do a little rapid fire with you if you don't mind. All right, hit me. All right. <laughs> Is there a reason you wear number 77? No, it was just a number that was given to me. It's an aesthetically pleasing number, so it worked out well for you. Yeah, it is. It is. Accurate, <laughs> I had... I had, 60, I had 67 in high school, and I, I definitely, I really like the, the 77 number. It, it uh, definitely looks well. Who's your all-time favorite athlete? All-time favorite athlete. Um, let's see here. Jeez, you really, it's a, it's not so rapid fire. But uh, <laughs> I, guess, I guess I would say, <laughs> I would say it, you know, uh, it might be a little, a little like cliche or whatever, but I really like the way uh, LeBron does things. That I mean, hey, he's it, whoa, okay. That brings me to this new rapid fire: MJ or LeBron? Um, I, I think you gotta say MJ. Okay, correct. What's your favorite lift in the weight room? Uh, 
Oh, in the weight room, I love I love doing uh, Olympic lifts more specifically, like doing power cleans. Okay. Uh, and what's your go-to pump-up song? Go-to pump-up song is um, "One Thing Leads to Another" by The Fix. What's your your go-to cheat meal? Uh, a go-to cheat meal is definitely a big burger, mushroom, mushroom and Swiss burger. <laughs> Um, I read that you're a big video game guy. What's your number one video game right now? My number one video game right now is um, League of Legends. Oh, okay. And then finally, um, the listeners might know not know. Quinn spends uh, has spent some summers up in Canada. I'm Canadian. So what's your favorite thing about Canada? My favorite thing about Canada is um, I really... The Bush pilots are, you know, they're just really good people, and I really enjoy the those planes, those planes up there, and it's, that's been, has inspired me to have a like a bucket list goal to to own one of those planes and kind of fly around on those uh, those uh, float planes up there. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Quinn. I really appreciate it, and good luck with the season. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me.